And welcome back to On the Spot. We pointed out the irony yesterday, gentlemen, during our recording of Chop for Time, that the last time that we recorded On the Spot, the word was consistency. And, and the only thing that we've and... been consistent about is being inconsistent with our recording. It may be. It may be because someone was gone for almost two weeks. Suffering. And after walking out my door this morning into the crisp fall air. Listen, 20-some degrees is not fall. All right. So it's cold. just Yeah, that, that is winter weather right there. Um, yeah, where was I? Oh, I may return back to where I was for those couple weeks, or at least the temptation's there anyhow. You're not going anywhere. All right, anyhow, <laughs> Ben back with you. Devin is here with me also, and we're joined by Thomas today. Gentlemen, how are we today? We are blessed to be back and consistently pursuing God again, right here with Ben and Thomas. I don't really know what's going on. This is my first time in on this. So. Yeah, yeah. Thomas is like, so what are we talking about? It's like, that. no, we don't do that here, man. We don't. What's this preparation that you on speak the spot. about? Right, on the that spot. That makes sense for the title. I was always kind of wondering what the title meant. And like, I've listened to it and then I was like, that, that, makes, that makes sense. It's great to know that our church staff is yeah. taking in connected. all of the materials that we're yeah. putting out there. I mean, totally connected. But, but, I mean, in his defense, he gets to hear us talk a lot. That's, That's true. true. A lot. Yeah. So I don't, know, I don't know if when he leaves out of here, if that's a, really what he wants to <laughs> listen to more of. So. Like, I'm tired of those old guys. <laughs> yes, bitter old men is what we are. As I take a drink of my coffee here, so. All right, let's pick the word of the day. Let's go with the word. Today's word is change. Ooh. Change. So here's what I always like to give a little bit of an idea, because our first word was garbage. Okay. Like on episode number one, the word that I introduced. Wait, to as in the, actually, the whole conversation was garbage? Or we, you mean the no, 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 no. We're talking well, about? Okay. I mean, <laughs> the on-the-spot word was garbage. I see. Tomato, tomato. Yeah. I don't know. Um so there's usually reasons that the word kind of is floating around in my head. We're, we're dealing with season changes, mm-hmm. like right now. You know, I mean, we are going through a change of season. And that's one of the pieces of advice that I like to give most people whenever, because our life is full of season changes, right? Even in our relationship with God, the one who never changes, the one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, God doesn't change. But our understanding of who God is does change. The places that we find ourselves in our walk and in our lives, even uh, in our walk with him and in our lives, those change as well. And I think it's good for us to talk about this change thing here because, you know, we can look all around us. Uh, Leaves are, you know, they've changed colors for the most part. Some of them have changed locations. You know, they've fallen off the tree. onto the ground, and there's just a lot of change that's happening around us in the physical. And what we find is like today is supposed to be a fairly pleasant day as far as the temperature-wise. But we woke up this morning, I mean, to a very thick layer of frost on our windshields, 20-some degree temperatures. Um, So it's there's this season that's moving in and this season that's going out. And we don't just wake up we don't go to bed one night and it is summer and then we wake up the next morning and it's completely changed to fall you know autumn has arrived it doesn't work that way we have these moments of where summer seems to try to hang on but yet fall kind of pushes its way in 
so to speak. And I think that we can look around in, in our lives and see that same thing happening. You know, there's different seasons that we walk into and seasons we walk out of. And I'd like for us to talk today about maybe some of those instances in our lives, some of the lessons we've learned, uh, some of the things along the way in our relationship with Christ, uh, because things will change in that as well. Now, I used the example of the Israelites finally crossing over into the Promised Land you know, when they crossed the Jordan River. It says that the manna ceased. Their clothes started wearing out. You know, the shoes started wearing out. All of this stuff is like they had, there was a whole generation that had known nothing other, basically, than manna being miraculously provided six out of the seven mornings of the week. All they had known was their clothing being dependable, nothing wearing out, you know, these types of things. Walking in that season, then they cross into what's actually the promised land. And there's, there's a change that takes place. And, uh, you know, now, um, you know, Aaron's got to get a job, you know, because food's not just miraculously appearing. You know, I mean, things have to start happening. So when I say the word change, and as I've rambled on for about five minutes here now, trying to explain this, what's going on in my head anyhow, I would love to hear, uh, we'll start with Devin, some of your thoughts when you initially hear the word change in our lives and in our relationship with Jesus. Well, the first thing that kind of hit me, there was um, acclimation, you know, mm. acclimation, to me, acclimating to change. Um, is important aspect just when we're going through like cold weather you know we takes a second for you to get used to this change and kind of adapt clothing and all those kind of things and I think you know when we talk about change with God there's a couple um, passages one says don't watch out for those who are given over to change you know mm -hmm. they're always changing always looking for something new because they're always it it never satisfies and I think when we talk about the change in our life, we have to be careful that it's not that we're looking for something new all the time right, to right. fulfill us, because that's that's a dangerous that many people get into. You know, Christians they're always looking for some new doctrine, new thing, new teaching, new this. You know, and that's what makes them excited. And I think what, but God is going to take us through change. You know, in periods of my own life, you know, God has taken me. I mean, we could talk about time changes, but you know, there was relationship changes, and I think. Um, you know, John, when he writes the, the book of 1 John, he says, I write to you, young men, I write to you, um, children, I write to you, young men, I write to you, fathers. You know, showing the aspect of change as we age in Christ. And to me, he says, I write to you, um, children, because you've known the Father. I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the Word of God abides in you. And I write to you, fathers, because you've known him who is from the beginning. So there's definitely a change in those attitudes and aspects and change in our relationship as we're growing in Christ. You know, it's a ga-ga-goo-goo, -goo basically, when we're a kid. And can, then, can you do that again? <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, what was we're that? eating everything, and, you know, we're rejoicing. But then we know, you know, we do know that we're chosen. We're children. Um, you know, don't want to get into the election process right there, but we are we were chosen and we know that he's our father. And then, you know, young men, man, we're learning doctrine. There is a change aspect there, strong, and the word of God abides in you. And then fathers, man, there's cool kickback, laid back. You know, they're like they've known him from this beginning. There's a depth of a relationship. So those kind of things just strike on me right now when you're talking about change 
because, you know, having gone through those areas in my life um, where I've become, you know, was just eating everything and grabbing up whatever didn't matter. And then as I learned, hey, well, some of those things aren't right. And there was a change process. I had to go through an understanding. You know, that um, speaking the truth in love, understanding and not being tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. But, um, you know, then there was an understanding. And then, you know, as I've grown older now, um, you know, I, I see, man, how wonderful God is and his, you know, beauty of creating this Bible. You know, so there's changes in my relationship. And I think that's kind of what stands out to me at, at first. Gotcha. Thomas? Yeah, I, uh, I have a compulsive need for change in my life. You know, it's unlike... On, on the on the micro level I would, I would say like for example here in the church like I will rearrange my office every six months mm-hmm. just to completely change it around have a little bit of it gets the creative juices flowing just feel a little bit happier whenever you know new space you know, or here in the podcast room that we've got like this place has changed yeah so many times because I love changing things to I don't know I I, I love change my life has changed a lot in the I mean I'm, I'm 28 I'm still pretty young but you know moved from ireland to lexington where i knew a lot of people and then all of a sudden moved out to the middle, middle of nowhere in eastern kentucky where yeah, I knew nobody. according to james fletcher the absolute yeah, middle yeah, of nowhere yeah. Yeah. so uh, <laughs> which he made sure to repeat four times yeah yeah, yeah. So, but you know moved out here where didn't know anybody you know i had my wife big change and that was it you know and cultural changes of of you know learning good things from my own culture back in ireland and holding on to those things but learning to let go of the bad things and it's hard to recognize the bad things without being exposed to a different culture which highlights that hey that thing that you think is normal not normal (laughs) get rid of that one Um, or come into a new culture and say hey that thing's great i'm going to adopt that into my own life because it's clearly in line with what jesus taught and i never even considered it before those sorts of things i think change personally i really enjoy um i think if if your faith uh, n- never has any change. There's a huge problem. Um, now, obviously, if it changes for the worse, that's a problem as well. But you know, part of our sanctification process is, process is that we're always supposed to be growing, always supposed to be diving deeper with Christ. And for me, doctrine is also one of those things. I mean, uh, particularly the minor doctrinal areas. So you know, you mentioned election. That's just one thing I go back and forth and wrestle with all the time. But I think that's healthy. You know, there's times where I'm maybe more reformed and then six months down the line, I'm like, oh, but, you know, I was listening to this philosopher, theologian guy, and he was very compelling. And that makes me re-wrestle with how does God interact with us? And, yes, you know, these, but these are all good things because it really, it's always around who the character of God is um, and and stuff like that. Now, if it, if it gets to the, the big level where it's like questioning how salvation works and trying to change the message of the gospel, that's where there's danger. So like, you know, I think on the micro level, I love change. Is macro the big? Is mm-hmm. that okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but on the macro level, it, sometimes it makes me nervous. So one example for me in my life around that was I grew up in a Presbyterian church where we were taught infant baptism. And I go to college and I have to write a paper defending my tradition's belief on baptism. And I open the Bible and I'm like, I can't find this anywhere. <laughs> like, you know, and I had to really restructure my whole belief system around baptism. And then I come into America where Americans hold baptism way higher than we do back home. Like baptism back home is just like, yeah, it's fun. But here it's like vital. So these are much bigger things that are, are changing in my perspective. And when it comes to salvific doctrine, 
that's where I get a lot more cautious. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know if I want to, like, I don't want to be open to just changing my mind on this, mm-hmm. like my PC wallpaper, you know, <laughs> like, right. but, um, but so I guess love, hate relationship, uh, you know, my, m- the micro changes, love it all the time. Love could change. Yeah. Well, and I think that both of you have brought up an interesting point here as we're talking about change, uh, in particular within our faith, our relationship with Christ, is that openness yet hesitancy at the same time. We have to be cautious about it because uh, one of the things that uh, a younger um, pastor, Ben, fell victim to, and what I've seen so many other church leaders and pastors fall victim to within their congregations is um, establishing somewhat of what I would describe as a false finish line. Mm. Like, you know, we got to change this thing, or we've got a new vision, or we've got a new direction, and we're going, everything pointed to that, mm. all systems go, it's green flag racing right now mm. towards this thing. And then we get there. And everybody's kind of like, okay, now what? Like this was the finish line. All right. But we've gotten here. We've arrived. But here we are. Now what do we do? Uh, and, and I can see that that sometimes there's such a, um, a need and a longing inside of us that we feel like if we're doing something different or we're seeking something just, uh, you know, that, that looks different than what – it was before, then there's this sense of progress, and it's not necessarily always the case. I remember one of the most impactful spiritual lessons that the Lord taught me was I was at a gym one time, and they had a walking track up above the gym, and I was just walking in these circles to get my steps in, you know, basically, and it was like the Lord was revealing to me, he's like, you know what, this is exactly what the enemy wants you to do. Hmm. He number one, if he can, he doesn't want you to serve me. Period. Mm. But if he can't keep you from serving me, he doesn't want you to be a threat. So he wants to confuse us into thinking that motion equals progress. Mm. Like I was in motion this whole yeah. time, but I was making zero progress. Mm. You know, I wasn't doing anything new. And sometimes I think that we chase change like that. Sure. That we're mm-hmm. in motion but not necessarily making progress. So what I would like for us to do is kind of give some opinion as to what what type of counsel, what type of advice, what type of direction would we give to our listeners who may be uh, having to run this through the sieve and use some discernment of like, okay, if I'm feeling this change happening in my life or I'm maybe being led towards it, how do I... No, what are some of the things I can do in my relationship with him that's going to help me to understand if this is a change he's leading me into mm-hmm. or if it's just something that I'm change for change's sake, so to speak? Mm-hmm. Thomas, what would what do you think? Ooh. On the spot. That's a, that's a great question. Um I mean the the first thing that clearly comes to my mind, well one thing that's really important to think when it comes to any part of our sanctification process or our our decision making of our actions as believers. You know, one of the th- I've been reading a lot more of the book of James recently, and action is so important yeah. as a believer. The straw gospel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but but to me it's like I think one of the one of the identifiers of positive change is that 
it leads to more action for Christ that's in line with Scripture, mm. um, which requires us knowing Scripture. So obviously we've got to read it. I mean, that's one of the things that I want, one of the things I'm very passionate about, especially when it comes to the even the smaller doctrines that I wrestle with a lot is I am, I am solo Scripture. Like I want to stick with Scripture and make sure that all the things that we believe are founded and based in Scripture. Um, but, you know, there's sometimes th- there's these theological debates I can get involved in or, you know, things that I'm wrestling with that, that actually don't lead to any change when it comes to me trying to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to people around me. Mm. Um, and usually, oftentimes, looking back on those times where, like, I'm, I'm trying to change or figure out my doctrine or all that kind of stuff, and it never led, led to any change in my heart for the lost, I was like, okay, that maybe wasn't all that useful or beneficial. Um, the, the degree that I studied was uh, youth and community development with practical theology. And we got made fun of by all the theology students because they're like, you're just studying practical theology. But where I kind of landed towards the end was like, if your theology is not practical, what's the point? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if your theology isn't pushing you more towards serving the lost, more towards seeking to bring more people into the faith and, and disciple and lead and evangelize, all those kinds of things. You, you could write the best books in the world about how to feed the poor, but if you don't do it, what's the point? Yeah. You know, so to, to me, that's just maybe, I mean, I, I don't know if that fully answers your question, but to me, it's like, if it, if it leads towards clearly biblical action for Christ, I think that's, that's the kind of change that we need to be seeking. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay. Devin? Um, you know, I think change is inevitable and we're all going to change. And I think that's an important part that we look at. Change is going to happen in our lives. Uh, change is happening right now. When when I think about spiritual change, I think about connection. I'm going to come back to connection. Jesus said, abide in me and um, I in you. And if you abide in me, you'll bring forth much fruit. Stay connected to the vine is what he told us to do all the time, you know. And here's the basic things. You know, I'm going to come back to the basics. We often get out of whack because we forget the basics. You know, baseball players, football players, anybody, you know, sometimes they just bring them back to the basics. You need to just learn to throw the ball again or, you know, hit the hit the bat. You're too tricky. You know, let's come back here and just redefine this process. And so when I think of being connected, let's stay to the number one, let's stay to some basics. Stay in your word. Stay in prayer. Stay in fellowship. Those three that, you know, I was when I uh, when I first heard those things, somebody taught me the three legged stool needs all three legs. You cannot stand on that stool with one leg unless you're some kind of acrobat, you know, but for most of us, it needs three legs and you're going to have to have those three legs. They said, if you continue to do this, you will make it. And that's it because change can feel awkward. Sometimes change can push us out of our comfort zones. You know, we're comfortable. We'll just like kick back. I don't need to change. I'm cool. God is not cool with us staying the same. He, uh, Max Lucado, back to him again, you know, says that God loves you just like you are, but he loves you too much just to leave you like that. So I think if, you know, you're staying connected, then the Holy Spirit coming into you, uh, you know, in then 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the image of Christ are being transformed. There is that change word 
daily and so by the spirit of the lord and there is the the key process the spirit of the lord is bringing change and changing us because god says in romans 8 29 for whom he foreknew these also justified to be conformed to the image of his son so he wants to make us into the and that is not a comfortable change because that requires sacrifice one of the things we've talked about mm-hmm. consistency mm-hmm. another thing we've talked about all these things that go along but that connection to god God has to remain the same. You, We have to work on our connection with God because the enemy is going to try to come in and say, hey, you don't need to pray. You don't need to read the word. You don't even need to go to church. You're cool, man. Just, uh, yeah, just watch it online or whatever that is, you know. Unless it's an emergency, no, go to church. God has commanded us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such an important aspect is that we stay consistent. And then as we're connected to God, man, when the change comes, we're going to see the hand of God involved in the change rather than just like, hey, willy-nilly, I'm going to change whenever I want to. Or if something's bad, that's a bad change, we're going to be like, no, because the the Bible as a mirror is going to expose, hey, I'm not doing this right because my attitude's stinky. Um, you know, I'm getting into conflict with others. I mean, these are all warning signs that we can say these are the wrong types of change. Mm-hmm. And those might come out during your changing process because change can be uncomfortable. And just like when you step into a puddle of water, the mud comes up to the top. Sometimes that's God stepping on us and saying, hey, there's some mud in your life. It's time for you to change this up and let's get rid of some of this junk. So that's kind of my thoughts on that. I'm just going to build off what both of you all have said because I mean I think that um, incredible practical insight there from basing it on foundational things um, making sure that our our direction our connection and our focus is pointed all you know properly there uh, you 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 gonna have to quit being a mouse over there man you're gonna have to quit squeaking whatever you're squeaking down there man it's like I don't know if they can hear that on the recording but that's all I'm hearing sure right now <laughs> What am I doing? Is there a mouse? I don't know. You know, you're playing with something in your pocket. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sitting here just like, block it out, block it out, block it out. Oh, so funny. So, anyhow, the practical advice here, back to the um, one of the things that I give to people advice whenever they're making a decision, change, anything of the like. And this is, I'm not saying that this is within the context of this passage. But it's proven to be useful as a litmus test for me over the years that Paul, in writing instruction and correction to the church at Corinth, um, is talking about, you know, they're, they're making this big distinction between Jewish customs and the Gentile things, the clean, the unclean foods, things of that nature. And he, he says this, that the, um, you know, the kingdom of God is not in meat or drink, but in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And I've used that. Like I said, not it's not in the context of food. I don't go to restaurants wondering what I should eat by that. But as I make decisions, as I face whether to make a change or not make a change, I use that kind of three-step process as my litmus test. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Mm-hmm. And I begin to pray and ask God and ask the Holy Spirit, if I make this decision, if I say yes to this or no to this or whatever, is it right in your eyes mm-hmm. and in your will? Is it righteous? If I get a check on that, if, if it is right, if it's righteous, then I move on to the next. Mm-hmm. Does it bring about peace 
and not circumstantial peace. I mean, sometimes that's an answer in and of itself. So not saying that you don't need to pay attention to the circumstances, what's going on around you. But oftentimes our spiritual peace, the peace that passes all understanding, usually is not in direct result of what's happening around us. Like we have a peace even though chaos is around us. So spiritual peace can be different at times. But if it's right, then I ask the question, like, does this bring about a spiritual peace? Mm. And if that's the case, we check that off, then I'll go to the next one. Does it bring about joy? Mm. You know, is it is it a joyous thing? Is this something that's leading me closer into his presence? Because in his presence is the fullness of joy. Amen. And I feel really confident that if I get check marks by all three of those, that whether it's to not make a change or to make a change, I feel pretty confident that it's of God. Now, at any point in that process that I don't have one of those, I have to stop it. Amen. I have to stop it. Um, and I'm not going to tell her right now. We're, we're low on time already. Um, but Whenever I had the opportunity to take a church and move to New Zealand, mm. that was a big part of my decision-making process. Um, and I, I was, I, I got the X mark on peace. There just was not a spiritual peace mm. that could be found in it. Um, and I didn't go. I could be living in a hobbit hole right now <laughs> in New Zealand. Thank you for not going. So, but uh, that hobbit hole—that was pretty. I mean, that would have been amazing. Right. Right. So. But anyhow, that's just kind of my practical takeaway. Is it, is it right? Does Amen. it bring about a spiritual peace? And does it result in joy Good in your stuff. walk with the Lord? So there we have it. Any other thoughts on change before we sign off here? No, sir. All right. Thomas, will you pray for us? Certainly. Uh, Father, thank you so much for uh, this conversation. Thank you that you do motivate us to grow and change in, in a way that is glorifying to you um, and also to refuse change that makes us more like the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Lord, I pray that you help us to um, help us all, whether it's listeners or us here speaking, to be able to recognize through your spirit which is which. Um, as as you said to, to Solomon um, in First Kings 3, Lord, when he was asked for the wisdom to be able to discern between good and evil, um, Lord, I pray that, that we also um, seek that, to know when to move towards um, something, knowing whether it's for you or for the world. Uh, and Lord, I pray that we all move towards you more and more. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.